Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 22. If you counted all of them, and I don't know why you would have, but this is Episode 216 overall. I'm Craig. And my name is Britt. And Britt, we are still alive. Back. We are. Half the league isn't. No, half the league has COVID. And, um, yeah. <laughs> let's let you know let we're gonna jump right into that but first let's start where we always start craig what are you drinking uh, all business tonight. let's go let's right. go so i'm actually using the little um brewmate you got me to keep the can cold so let me unscrew it really quick here i'm using mine too so i'm gonna pour it in a glass but i have one of these for you i know you're probably not gonna drink it but because of where it's from I have to give you one, and your your wife can drink it. But this is a can of Keg Nog from I'm from Graysale Brewing. Okay, it is a Indian pale ale with vanilla extract, um, armillo hops, and sadly lactose. But oh, I will. You, really, you had me until the lactose. I know. Is that why you thought I wouldn't drink it? Because I'm like, this yeah. sounds interesting. I as far as milkshake IPAs go, like this. To me, isn't milkshakey at all? Like not even a little compared to other ones I've had. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to give you a can to give to your Bush. wife because I think she would like it. Oh yeah, she'll try that. And 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 for vo- those who have no idea why I'm objecting to that, lactose IPAs wreak havoc on my old man's stomach. <laughs> I have no idea why. It is like one of the few things. If I get sick from drinking a beer, if every single time it's been a beer with lactose. Every single time. If I have one beer and it has lactose, I'm going to have an upset stomach. If I have six <clears> beers and one of them had lactose, I'm going to have an upset stomach. It's just the way my stomach works. Yeah, it's not. Have you though. tried it or are you tried it now for the first time? I'm going to try it right now. I'm just waiting for okay, the, well, the foam to settle, so you go ahead. While you're trying, I will tell you that I am drinking a holiday ale by Two Roads Brewing. Ooh. I'm almost I'm almost through my first case. <laughs> Wait, how many cases did you buy? Just one. Okay, but All right. I may have to go buy. I may have to go buy another one this weekend because we're only we're only halfway to Christmas, and I'm through my first case of it. It took me three weeks to get through that case, and, and that's counting sharing it. And we used one to make beer bread, which didn't turn out great. That, by the way, hi Deb. Hi Deb. Um, Deb was the person who volunteered to try and make beer bread out of it, and I think they underestimated that. It's not so much holiday ale like cinnamon nutmeg as it is holiday ale, a beer de Noel, French-style beer that they make at Christmas. Right, right, right. So it's not it's not spiced like some pumpkin beers are. Right, exactly. I think they were expecting that it would be more spiced than <clears throat> all right, than try style. This. Um so yeah, there is that. there is like no light penetration at all. Uh, let's take here. So it's a dark IPA. Is it dark like a stout or it's just murky? No, it's just, mur- it's dank. Dank, okay. Wow, okay, so that. it's a little, it's it's definitely juicy. It's a little thicker, you know, because of the lactose, but, and it's very, for me, I get tangerine on the back of it. Interesting. Very I'll, smooth, I'll have though. to try, I will have to try You can try, try like a, a sip. Of it. sip. But then, yeah, you know, if I drink, drink more than like three ounces of it, I will be violently ill. And the, the my can, stomach will be nuts. The can art is um, Santa with two other guys drunk drinking beer. Uh, there's a dog with antlers. There's two elves fighting over a stuffed bear, and there's a drunk elf on the floor surrounded by lights. <laughs> Speaking of being drunk in public, Craig and I are going to the Jealous Monk on Saturday. That's right. Cornbread and beer, baby. 
So, you know, stay tuned to our Instagram. Do we have an Instagram? I don't even know if we do. We do. We, we do. do. I, I switch phones, so I have, to, I have to set it up again. Oh, okay. So stay tuned to our Twitter. There'll probably be a few drunken photos there. But, all right, let's, let's jump right in because there's so much to talk about today. We have a full slate of stuff. Let's start. The first burning hot take is not going to be a burning hot take at all. It is going to be recognition of the NFL's COVID explosion. Yes. When your chief medical officer has to stand up at the winter meetings and hold a press conference, you know <laughs> shit's gone wrong. Uh, yeah. Yep. So just really briefly, I'm not going to go through every player who is in the league protocols. I'm going to go over fantasy relevant players. Okay. And we're just going to go from there. Sure. Uh, everyone on the Atlanta Falcons, there's three Falcons, all defense. Uh, the Ravens just have one player. It's their center. The Bills, one player. It's their linebacker. Carolina has Christian McCaffrey, who was already done for the year, so it doesn't matter. We have five Bears, all on the defense, but one of them is Mario Edwards, which is key. Sam Kamara is another one. That's key. I'm sorry, one's an offensive lineman, so four defense, one offensive lineman. The Bengals, only one. It's Clay Johnston. I don't know anything about Clay Johnston, Craig, because I don't know your team well enough. Is that bad? Um, let me just double check where he was on the depth chart. Cause I know, I think they were switching him in and out, but you go ahead with the rest. Okay. So he's not crucial, but he may be important. Is what I'm hearing. Right. Okay. <clears throat> then we get to Cleveland. Please take out your pencil and paper. Now the head coach <laughs> has COVID or is in the protocol. Baker Mayfield entered the protocol. Troy Hill, the cornerback entered the protocol. Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, uh, and uh, like three of their offensive linemen, uh, two of their guards, Drew Forbes and Wyatt Teller, all in the protocol. Great job, Cleveland. Great job. Dallas has one defensive player, Houston. Houston has Jalen Samuels, everyone else on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Colts have uh, Zaire Franklin. The Chiefs only have two players, but those two players are Chris Jones and Willie Gay, arguably two of our four of our four key defensive players are on the protocol, and that game is tomorrow, Thursday night. That's bad. Uh, That's so good. we better hope that we better hope the Chargers have some people out. Oh, look, they only have two, and it's nobody I've ever heard of. Meanwhile, the Rams, the team that said Cleveland's got eleven players out, hold my beer. Oh no, Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Juju Hughes, AJ Jackson, Daryl Henderson, and Johnny Munt, all on the offensive side of the ball. All are in the protocol. Daryl Henderson, who famously showed up to practice last week, was like, I don't feel good. They gave him a COVID test and sent him home, and he came back negative, and he came back the next day and said, I still don't feel good, and they gave him a COVID test, and they came back positive. <laughs> they were like, you should go home now. <laughs> yeah. First day, it was like, maybe you should go get some rest. Second day, it was like, get out of here, you disease-bearing <laughs> asshole. Go home and die alone in your bed. Oh, man. <laughs> Give this man some soup and hose him with Lysol. Anyway, <laughs> then we get to the intriguing case of the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins only have four people with COVID. However, three of them are running backs. Philip Lindsay, Miles Gaskin, and Salvin Ahmed are all in the protocol, which begs the question, if every running back in Miami falls over, does it make a sound? And the answer is no. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Not even a little. <laughs> Uh, in in Minnesota, a bunch of offensive players, but they're all secondary. Alexander Madison, who I still hear Alexander Hamilton in my head when I do that. Yeah. E.D. Westbrook, Jan Chisna, A.J. Rose, and Tristan Jackson all have COVID. None of them are key players. 
The problem is they're all on the offensive side of the ball. Three of them are wide receivers, which means we got to keep a close eye on all the other wide receivers on that team. The Patriots, two guys nobody cares about. The Giants, Kadarius Tony and John Ross. The John, the Kadarius Tony thing is a problem, even though he's been hurt on and off. Poor John. The Ross. John Ross thing would be absolutely devastating if he played more than three games a year. Man, but this is such a guy who, high hopes for John Ross. He gets hurt checking his mail. I don't understand it. The guy is just injury prone like I've never seen before, which kind of sucks. <clears throat> yeah. Jets only have one player. Eagles have two players, but it's Quez Watkins and Jason Huntley, so nobody cares. Uh, the Steelers, Montrevious Adams, nobody cares. Titans, it's Des Fitzpatrick. And then we get to Washington. Washington was holding the Rams' beer, and when the Rams <laughs> were done with their 13 players, they went, now watch this. <laughs> Jonathan Allen, Kyle Allen, Matt Iadonis, Milo Eifner, Derek Forrest, Cornelius Lucas, Samus Reyes, Cam Sims, David Mayo, William Bradley Kim, Tamaric Hemingway, Kendall Fuller, Tim Settle, Kaloki Hudson, James Smith Williams, Montez Sweat, and Casey Tuhill are all in the protocol. Now you're saying to yourself, I don't know who those people are and I don't care. That's because almost all of them are defensive players or on That's the offensive line. Bad. And who's Washington playing? Uh, Philly. Oh, ooh. <laughs> hmm. Suddenly, <clears throat> I'm thinking about betting the under. <laughs> or the money Craig, line on Philly. Yeah. Craig, your reaction to everything that's happened. With um, this, it, 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 you've got to call it know, an outbreak at this point, right? It is definitely an outbreak. I think, for me personally, I was expecting this after Thanksgiving. Honestly, I, I was expecting it with the U.S. in general after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so we're I'm seeing not, it. We are. I'm not I'm not shocked and I know a lot of these cases are breakthrough cases and the players are uh vaccinated but you know even if you're vaccinated and you test positive you can still spread it you know so that's why these protocols are in place now so, there's a, there's a whole thing going on with a players association who said they oh, don't get me started they were like oh we said that we should have daily testing and they didn't want to do it so there's that whole side of it Way to walk up to a, a burning building and announce that fire is bad. <laughs> we warned the NFL that buildings are flammable, and they didn't listen. Now look at this burning building. <laughs> Where the fuck were you when Aaron Rodgers was misleading everyone about his status? Well, that's not their fault. He lied to the, the team. No, that's great. What is the NFLPA doing to police its own people? Where the hell were you when Antonio Brown forged a document saying he was vaccinated? Well, that's the team's problem. No, it's all of our problem. And the NFLPA doesn't want any. The NFLPA is the ultimate I told you so organization. I told you head injuries were bad. I told you that building could catch on fire. I told you we should have COVID testing. But when the league tries to put in regular common sense shit, like, I don't know, discipline for wife beaters the, the <laughs> nflpa is an absentee landlord yeah no that's just, that's an excellent point they're not wrong in their criticism they just have no leg to stand on they have no credibility to stand there and say we're on the side of right you have enabled bad people neglecting good people in your system for decades you cannot stand up now and say, well, we were right about this. Great. Congratulations. Here's a fucking cookie. Now go sit down and answer for the 75 things you enabled to go wrong in the meantime. 
I, it pisses me off. It is, this, the NFLP, and I'm not defending the NFL here. Let me be clear, because I'm ranting now. I cut off Craig, and I'm ranting. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, Craig just loves it. He's grabbing his popcorn. <laughs> Think about any popcorn <laughs> meme you have. Craig is living it right now. I, I am not defending the NFL at all. But what I'm saying is that when, one, when a vampire looks at the wolf man and goes, damn, man, that ain't nice to do to humans, you have no standing. You are as bad as the thing you are criticizing. And the NFLPA has done nothing proactive to protect its members, has done nothing other than threaten lockouts and appeal people who have, I don't know, punched women in elevators? Does that ever sound familiar? They've done nothing to stem these kinds of occurrences from happening, but they're the first one to point out when they and it's not on when it's not them, and that just right. pisses me off because it's holier than now and it's bullshit. I'm done. Go ahead. No, exactly. I mean, I think you uh, I think you summed that up pretty well. <laughs> and it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. I, I've said this before on the on the podcast, and I said before on my live stream. If you've you ever seen, I think I've asked you this. Pardon me for for not remembering. Did you ever see Howard Stern's movie Private Parts? Yes. In the beginning, it op- the opens with him when he basically bared his naked ass on MTV as Buttman. Right. And yep. in the movie, as he's walking off, Ozzy Osbourne is walking towards the stage in his full bat regalia, makeup and all, and his and. It's hysterical, but Ozzy stops in the movie, look, takes one look at Howard Stern in his butt-out uh, <laughs> outfit and goes, what a fucking weirdo. That's what the NFLPA is doing. Dude, you are dressed as a bat with white face makeup and 80s hair to go out there and scream and possibly bite the head off of a living animal, and you just called somebody else a weirdo. <laughs> That's what the NFLPA is doing. You have no standing here. You are not any person who should talk. It just, it just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. No, you're exactly right. Because they, you know, they do this the entire time. Well, even before COVID, they were like this. So yes. It's really no. It's really no difference. It's only outrageous when it's not them. Right. If it's if it's got if it's got Goodell's face on it, it's outrageous. And both sides do it again. When I say all this, I'm not defending the NFL or taking their side. But the NFL does, and the NFL will do it too. They'll be the first one to say we had to lock people out. We, why are we? Why are we forcing people out of the building because they made us do it? They'll be the first one to play that card. Absolutely. But in this case, the NFLPA could have stood up and say we are aware of the recent outbreak. We are working with the NFL. We are hopeful the NFL will take our recommendations to heart and institute daily testing. Instead, they put out a goddamn meme slide on Twitter. That basically said, we told you this would happen. It's not our fault. That's I, it? No. <laughs> no. That doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. That doesn't fly with me. That flies with me about as well as Aaron Rodgers saying he was immunized, not vaccinated. Sorry. <laughs> not flying. This is why I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> Shit like this is why I'm drinking tonight. All right, Craig, I'm burning a ton of time. Get to, get, let's move on to your burning hot take. What do you got tonight? Um... My burning hot take, well, this kind of sort of goes along the lines of another category, like we told you so. Mm-hmm. You remember when well, you remember when the Jaguars hired Urban Meyer and we were oh, like, Jesus. Urban Meyer is not going to last in the NFL. We don't know what he's yep. doing. Um, if you look at what's come out about Urban Meyer since, let's say, 
the forever. Bang- well, forever, but we'll go back to like the losses against the Bengals. Yeah, when he stayed in Cincinnati and didn't fly back with the team, and he went to a bar, which is fine, but whatever, you know. But that's kind of where it started, and I think that's where he started to lose. If he didn't before that, that's where he started to lose the locker room. And now yep. there is that whole <clears throat> him having a fight with um, what's his name. Marvin Jones. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Of all people. Of all people. <laughs> and then there's the there's another thing that just came out that the the last kicker for the Jaguars what was his name uh, uh, Josh Lambeau said that Urban Meyer kicked him before practice once, like literally kicked him. <laughs> and then Urban Meyer's having these meetings with coaches, telling them that they're losers, and I and making I, them to defend a resume. Right, and I'm I'm trying to find it again because I you know it was on a, like a random site. Someone actually yep. took the the coaches on the Jaguars and looked up their history and put up their like total up their win records, win loss records. Let me guess, they're all winning records. No, but you, they're not. So a couple of a handful of them are. But you want to know where Urban's record is? Overall, this is like his entire head coaching career. Yeah, compared to his other coaches. I would put him about 450, just under half. Um, I'm trying to find the stat, but he was in the bottom tier of coaches with winning records. He won He won in the college level. Guys, <laughs> we've had this conversation before. College is not the pros. When you coach in college, that player has a vested interest in doing what you say because he wants to be a pro. And if it's a high-profile school, like, I don't know, where has Urban been high-profile? Oh, I don't know, fucking Florida. <laughs> oh, but that's the only one, right? No, Ohio State. Oh, goddamn, that's right. When he, you're at high-profile schools, you have a chance to make the NFL. You do what the coach says. You are trying to go to the next level. You have a vested interest in listening to the coach. Because if you don't, your playing time dec- de- decreases, and you don't get a shot to go to the pros. At the pros... They don't give a flying fuck what you think of them. Because if you don't pay them, somebody else will. So, yeah. you know, a, a high-profile guy, like, I'm just going to use, and I'm not, I'm not throwing him under the bus here, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has zero to gain by listening to a guy who is trying to coach like he's still in college. Marvin Jones does not care what you think. Marvin Jones is going to get paid, and if you're not going to pay him, someone else will because he's still good. Yeah, it's this true. Isn't I don't college. think he's. I mean, I think there's not that much time left in the season, so I I don't think he's going anywhere. But I he's going be, somewhere. Black I'll Monday. Be, he's my guarantee. I'll be shocked if he's there after the season ends. I every <clears> week I check all the major betting sites to see if I can put money on the first coach fired. And I, I'm willing to bet he's one of the first two or three fired. I will put five bucks on that right now at whatever odds you give me, <laughs> even minus one ten. I will put five bucks on that right now. Oh, that's right. He he also denied that conversation happened, and he said if he finds out who said it happened, he's going to fire them. Yeah, because that's <laughs> because you know what we call that again. I work in HR during my day job. Attacking whistleblowers is always a surefire way to keep your job. <laughs> oh, you you put 75 people in the company at risk. No, I didn't. And if I find out who told you that, I'm going to fire them. What? 
How does someone, that work? <laughs> someone at OSHA with the, or, or, or a, a labor lawyer with the TV on in the background just looked up and went, huh? <laughs> no, doesn't work like that. I work in HR. I know this. I do this all the time. Well, they made a false accusation. Okay, prove it's false. I can't. Then you can't assume it's false and you can't take retribution. Oh, and by the way, even if it is false, you can't take retribution. <laughs> I think that's against the law, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely against the law. <laughs> like every employment law has protections for whistleblowers. <laughs> oh, it just, it drives yeah. me nuts. It absolutely drives me nuts. I'm, I'm, I'm tired so i am on fire tonight so <laughs> let's yeah, just damn, move on damn it i can't find well if i if i find the site again i will send it to you but yeah he was in the I, bottom, I trust it exists. he was in the bottom tier of coaches with winning records i trust it exists <sighs> so uh today earlier today uh sports illustrated put out a question uh on the spun which is apparently a side venture for sports illustrated or their answer to espn's page two NFL world reacts to Wednesday's Derek Carr news. The Derek Carr news is that the Raiders are thinking about starting Marcus Mariota instead. Why? (laughs) Well, that's where we're going with this. Derek Carr is completing 68.3% of his passes, has 3,900 yards, 18 Hmm. touchdowns, and 10 picks. Okay. But he would not count against the team's cap if he's cut. The Raiders have lost five of their last six and been held under 17 points in all of those losses. Would starting Marcus Mariota make sense to you? Absolutely not. <clears throat> After seeing Marcus in Tennessee, like I, I don't think he's going to do any better on a Raiders team that has already had like a disastrous season between their player and coach. So I understand switching him to... Like, make a spark in the team, but I feel like they're too broken for him to make that much of a difference. Um, Here, here's 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 my take, really plain and simple. This isn't when you benched Eli to look at the backup you drafted the year before and then decided you weren't going to keep, so you got rid of him and went with uh, Danny Dimes. Right. Okay? This is Marcus Mariota. There is more tape on Marcus Mariota than half the backups in the league. Because this may be news to the Raiders coaching staff. At one point, he started for Tennessee. (laughs) And you already know what he is. You have seen him in practice, and you have game film on him. If I'm the Raiders, and I want to part ways with Derek Carr, I want him on the field so I can trade him. Because yeah. you know what? There are a number of teams next year that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. Oh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> and no, New Orleans, no team is absolutely married to their quarterback. New England. <laughs> it's not like there's teams in the NFC North, Detroit, that are going to be looking for a quarterback. <laughs> or teams on the West Coast named Seattle that might be looking for a quarterback. <laughs> Denver is married to Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going anywhere, I'm certain. And Houston has found their man of the future in Davis Mills. <sighs> there are, you need to market this guy and get him out of your town and get something for him. And if they send you a sixth rounder, you take it. What about, what about the Browns? 
Oh, they're married to Baker. That and that's Think legit. So? Yeah, they're legit married to Baker. Carolina, there. Darnold is coming back, but Cam Newton sucks. I thought there was thirty-two quarterbacks better than him. There are. Or not better than him. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Cinch said that today in our chat. There are 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. And I, you know what? I didn't chime in on that because I think he might be right. I think there would might you be take, teams if you had all a, three. All right, you're the head coach, and you can pick Cam Newton or David Carr. Who would you take? David Carr in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Because at least he's got a positive TD to interception radio, and he's completing 68% of his passes. That's true. I don't know what Cam who's does. He th- I mean, who's he throwing to? Amari I mean, Cooper dies. Hunter Renfro is their best target. Yeah, because Darren Waller, he's still broken. Dead. And what's Everyone's his name dead. is in jail. Who's in jail? The receiver. Riggs. Oh, that's right. That's right. Henry, R- Henry Ruggs, Ruggs is in Ruggs, jail. Not Riggs. They cut him. Oh, and by the way, while you weren't looking because all that was going on, your coach had to resign in shame because he put racist emails out in the universe. Yeah, so I think they're just. That's why I don't think Mariota is really gone. Like make the organization is in I, full rebuild. Like I realize statistically that they're in the category for the playoffs. Of you're telling me we have a chance, kind of. Yeah, you know, but they, you know they do. But I don't. They're six and seven, but yes, they have a chance. But there's no chance. They have as much of a chance <laughs> as Atlanta does. And Atlanta has no chance. <clears throat> oh, really? Really quick, I found the site. So. All right, talk to me. So Nick, so I'm not going to go over every coach. I'm going to go like I'm going to say like four, three of them. So Nick Sorensen is a special teams coordinator. He is in his NFL career. He is 89, 50, and one, and he was in a Super Bowl. He has a Super Bowl ring. All right, and then we scroll down a little bit. Brian Schottenheimer is the passing game coordinator, which until a couple seasons ago I didn't realize was a thing. Um, he is 171. 176 and one. So there you go. Then we scroll down a little bit. Bernie Parmalee, the running back coach is, is 87 is 87 and 117. And then we scroll down tied for 18th is urban Meyer at two and 10. (laughs) Uh, I I just, I, the, the urban Meyer things, there's been like five examples in the last 20 years. We're bringing up a college head coach has worked like five, but there's been like 50 guys have been brought up. Yeah. Most of them everybody go back thinks to college. Everybody thinks they're getting Jimmy Johnson. And most of the time they're getting Barry Switzer or what's his name in Seattle. Who's their coach? Pete Carroll. Oh, Pete Carroll. Well, I think, wasn't he in the NFL and then went to college and then came back? Yes. It was reversed. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if he was in college before, but he went to, he went to, he was the NFL. He was a coach of the jets he went to college and then was successful and came back. But it doesn't all Jimmy Johnson is a unique situation. It doesn't happen that way a lot. It doesn't. No. <clears throat> oh, it drives me nuts. All right, picks of the week. Let's move it on. Did I do mine? What did I complain about? I did. I complained about yeah, that was Derek Carr. Okay. All right. So picks of the week. We have heard from the source. We did. So earlier today, I decided I wanted to get the source source's information. So I called the number that leads to his private server, and a man answered who asked me four security questions that were highly personal. Um, and uh, I was able to answer them successfully, so I was connected to the source. And the source provided me with the following information. By the way, the source <clears throat> was right last week. Last week, he was like, I like Dallas, and I'm favoring the under. 
and Dallas did cover and win that game uh, with the under by a point and a half. It was 48 and a half was the over-under, and the final score was 27-20. And I took Dallas and the under at the advice of the, the source, and I won. Nice. But, man, did I bite my fingernails to the bone watching the end of that game because all of a sudden, like, with, like, five minutes to go, it was, like, 27-10, and I'm like, this is easy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Washington rattled off 10 points and had the ball back, and I'm like, oh, dear God. So, all right, this week, the source likes the Packers minus four and a half on FanDuel over the Ravens. The reason being, Green Bay is 11-2 and against the spread this season, and in away games, Green Bay has been 5-2 and against the spread. At home, the Ravens are winless as four-and-a-half-point underdogs or more, according to Sports Illustrated. He also cites that Lamar is hurt. So, the source likes the Packers giving four-and-a-half to the Ravens. I like that, too. Four-and-a-half does not seem like enough to give a Ravens mm-hmm. team whose quarterback just just died. Yeah, I mean, they Excuse almost me. they almost came back last week. But, yeah, their, their offense is going to be in disarray without – Lamar there, even though, yeah, honestly, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Bengals fan, but I think the last few weeks, and I think there's so much film on Lamar now that he's not a surprise anymore. I mean, he's still insanely Great. gifted, but yep. defenses can plan around it, and if you can contain him on the outside, that you know you're taking away half of his half of his um, game plan essentially. Tyler Huntley so. is starting there. Yeah, I mean, he, do, he didn't Huntley. do he didn't do bad last week. He almost almost they almost had a comeback, but yeah, I, w- I won't use him in DFS. I'll just say that just not gonna use him there. So who do you like this week? What what game uh, you are know, you looking you know, at? What's I intriguing? Was the, I was on the fence because honestly, I was looking at the Jets getting ten and a half against, against? The, Dol- the Dolphins. <laughs> no, but, I would but, take the Dolphins there, I but. Think. <laughs> Because Washington is basically in a petri dish, <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm taking I would take the Eagles giving seven and the under in that game, just because I th- I think Washington is they're going to have like guys from the practice squad playing, and I don't think it's going to be a pretty divisional game. Okay, <clears throat> hold on, I'm just double checking a stat before I comment here. Okay, so my game is going to be the game that's Thursday night. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus three. Now, they're on the road, and on the road, the Chiefs are only three and two. And they're playing Chargers. And they're down a couple of defensive players. But I don't know. This game is massive for them. Massive. So So hypothetically, if the the Chiefs lose – are the Chargers in first place in the division? Or no? Yeah, they would be by tiebreak because the Chargers beat us earlier in the season. That would give the Chargers the head-to-head to the Chargers. Huh. Yeah. The other game <clears> I like <throat> is Patriots. Patriots plus two and a half? Against two. At the Colts. Ooh. That actually could be a really good game. As long as Carson Wentz doesn't throw a lot. <laughs> Which I Patriots think is what the Colts plus, are doing. <laughs> the Patriots plus two and a half? Well, they're on the road. It's the Colts. They've got one player. His name is Jonathan Taylor. And if the freaking Patriots are good at anything, it's eliminating one player. Every time you come in with a one-trick pony, the Patriots win. Yeah, I mean, they they 
They are good at planning. I will I will give them that. Happy cinch. There you go. I said it. I mean that's yeah, <laughs> Bella that's I, I I've never been a big fan. Oh, Bella Chuck's a genius. Yeah, look see first couple years in Cleveland under <laughs> under the genius there. But he is very good at identifying key personnel and planning on eliminating them. If they take Jonathan Taylor out of the game, what is Indy relying on? Michael and Pittman realize, <laughs> yeah, realize that anything that's not a, <clears throat> that any other answer that is not the other running back means Carson Wentz has to complete passes without throwing them to the Patriots. And I don't know if the Colts want to do that. <laughs> they don't. They've been successful when they limit his pass attempts. They've been most successful when he doesn't throw, and they're only seven and six. It's not like they're epic. The Colts are seven and six. I'm trying to pull up the stats right now. All right, hold on. Here we go. Let's let's just do this, and then we'll move on. Who who did you like? Um, the Eagles. Okay. Carson Wentz, Pro Football Reference. Let's go. All right, come on, computer. Now is not the time. Game logs, 2021. All right, let's see here. Uh, uh, week one, 38 attempts, loss. Week two, 31 attempts, loss. Week three, 37 attempts, loss. 32 win, 35 loss. So, so far now, they're one and four, and they're 0 and three when he's thrown the ball 35 times or more. Win against Houston, only 20 throws. Win against San Francisco, 26 throws. Lost to Tennessee, 51 throws. Really? Jets win 30 throws. Win 34 throws against Jacksonville. Win against Buffalo, 20 throws. Lose to Tampa, 44 throws. Win against Houston, 22 throws. So let's talk. Okay, number of times you've thrown 35 more passes. That's one loss, two loss, three loss, four loss, five. They are 0-5 when he follows, throws the ball 35 times or more. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, if they but take away the run game, then yeah. That's because they're behind in those games and he has to throw. But if they take away Jonathan Taylor, they're going to fall behind and he's going to have to throw. That's the th- that's what I'm that's, Yeah. He threw 38 times in week one against Seattle and they lost 28-16. Seattle isn't good. They are not. No. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. What I. I'm. I'm saying here is when they throw, the more they throw, the more they risk. Let's look at interceptions combined with those pass attempts. Where is it? Where's my interception number? Uh, I don't know. Oh my god! They have a bad throw index. How do they do that? I don't know. Let's see his percentage of bad throws as 17%, 25%, 14%. Okay, there doesn't seem to be a correlation between bad throws except the Tennessee game. In the Tennessee game, he <laughs> threw the ball 51 times. 26% of the time, it was a bad throw. When they limit his bad throws, it's better. Let's just put it that way. How is there not interception numbers here? There's no interception numbers here. What the hell is this? There's no touchdown interception numbers here. All right, anyway, limiting his throws is what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And if you eliminate the run game, you can't limit the throws. 
So, I, you know what? I'm going to change my pick. I'm coming off the Chiefs. My intriguing game, I'm going to take Patriots plus two and a half at Colts. The end. All right, let's play America's favorite game. This is going to be a quick yeah. round of America's favorite game. What's up? We could, though I briefly saw I briefly saw lines, so I will not. I will try to forget because I don't think I actually Okay, then you them. know what? We are going <laughs> to skip America's favorite game, and I'll tell you why. Because I was going to skip it anyway. There's only one game at 50 or higher. Really? And it's Chiefs at Chargers. Wow. That's it. <clears throat> Chiefs at Chargers is the only other game. So let's talk about that, like the top three or four. So Chiefs at Chargers is a 50. Cardinals at Lions is 47 and a half. What is the line on that game? Because if it's single digits, I'm betting my house on the freaking Cardinals. After last week, <clears throat> oh, it's 12 and a half. Oh, I can't take the Cardinals at 12 and a half. <laughs> Wait, who are they playing? Detroit in Detroit. <clears throat> Man, with 12 and a half, I think I would take Detroit. I think I would. Detroit has kept most of their games close. Poor Detroit. Seahawks at Rams, 47 and a half. What's the line on that game? I don't know, but just bet the Rams. <laughs> four and a half. The Rams are four giving four and, and a half? half. Yes. Hmm. Oh my God. Four and a half, and the over under is 45 and a half. Hmm. All right. Let's see what that parlay looks like right now. We'll do it live. <laughs> Plus 274 for the Rams to cover and come in. Uh, do I want the under? No, I want the over. Right? I want over four and a 45, right? Yeah. Plus 245, Craig. I, I'm, I'm I mean, pushing buttons right now. Money's going on this right now. <laughs> it's not a ton of money, but it's... I mean, it's, hey, why not? It's, yeah, uh, wow. All right, so low... Unders have been paying off for casinos this year, so we have to talk about the unders right. as well. The lowest three of the game are Texans at Jaguars, 39 and a half. I won't touch that. They're both terrible teams. I think the under is appealing, but 39 and a half is really low. What if the Texans decide to score 25 by themselves? <laughs> Titans at Steelers, 41 and a half. 41 and a half? 41 and a half Titans at Steelers. That feels like that could be mm. a shootout. It could wind up in a shootout. <clears throat> I would take the over in that. And then lastly, Raiders at Browns, 42. No Baker. No coach. Maybe Mariota. Maybe Mariota. <laughs> oh, my God. The under starting to sound really good. I thought that was a definite over, and now I'm starting to rethink that, <laughs> which means that's a do not touch. Yeah, don't touch. If I'm thing. not confident, it's a do not touch. So, all right. Believe it or not, we're running out of time because I've been rambling. Let's get to the metric. Oh, no. Metric had a decent week last week. I didn't do a ton of DFS because I did. I had a lot of picks I liked in <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to say beer. Betting. <laughs> no, in sports betting. <laughs> And I actually broke even on my sports betting. I actually, oh my God, freaking DeAndre Hopkins catches one touchdown in that Arizona debacle. Not only would I have won my game and secured a playoff spot <clears> in our live league, but I would have I would have won a ton of money on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm never drafting him again, ever, if he plays again. So, yeah. hey, before, just really quick, before we get into this, just a heads up, we won the wild card round. And when I say won, I mean we didn't advance. I mean we were the top scoring team in the Scott Fishbowl wild card round Woo! for Conference 14. We now move on to the conference semifinals. We're one of the last 26 teams in our conference. Out of if how we many? Finished, uh, so it was like 6 to 72. Nice. More than that. We're in like the top quarter. And if we had, if we finished in the top 10 this week, we advanced to the conference finals. 
And if we win that, we go to the grand finals the week after. If we win the conference finals to, uh, next week, we get to call ourselves Scott Fishbowl champions. Excellent. So we're, so we're fighting for, we are, <clears throat> yeah. Our, our team had a fantastic week. We, we led all teams in scoring, and it was good. So we're, we're still pushing for that. All right, metric. I said to the metric, it's time to get going here. What do you got for me? And they said, you know who I like this week? And I said, I'm listening. I like Justin Fields. <laughs> no. And my first reaction was the same as yours. And then I remembered they're playing Minnesota. And Minnesota's given up a lot of points. Hmm. Sorry, I had to sneeze there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I actually muted my mic before deafening every one of our listeners with my sneeze into a microphone. Um, Minnesota gives up a ton of points. Their games are always close. Fields is probably going to have to throw, and he's only 5,500. That's not bad. And then I said, well, what if I want to go even cheaper? Tyler Huntley is only 5,400, but he's playing Green Bay. In Green and I said, Bay? well, what if I... I believe it's, uh, no, I believe they're in Baltimore. Hmm. And then I said, what if I really want a shootout game? Well, Ben Roethlisberger is only 5,600. I really don't like anybody reliability this week. All the reliable quarterbacks are marked up over 7K. So I'm probably going cheap at quarterback this week, personally, and I don't mind using Justin Fields if it allows me to spend up somewhere else. <clears throat> Craig, what do you like? So I'm looking, I'm looking at this list right now. Um, I Kind of like Tua against the Jets. He's 5,700. Okay. Uh, and like we were saying before, Ben, even though he is horribly broken, Tennessee's, I don't know, Tennessee. I really still don't know what kind of team Tennessee is, especially without um, Derrick Henry. Yeah. So I can see that definitely happening. If I'm going to pay up a little bit, I probably would at the most go at 6,100 for Burrow playing Denver. I know they're playing in Denver, but he has a lot of people to throw to. And even though I feel like a lot of, I think after last week, Zach Taylor learned to not take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hand, like sure. when the game's on the line. So I think they're going to throw a lot more this week. You know, to your point about Tua, we opened the <clears> show by talking there were three running backs on the Miami Dolphins with uh, COVID. Tua might have to throw more. The That's question true is too. making Tua throw more, is that a benefit or is or that a problem? That, right. Exactly. So I, that, there's there's some there's some wisdom there. Moving on the running backs, I said, give me somebody stable, and they said, don't worry, I got you, David Montgomery. And I went, wait a minute, you just told me we're going to throw the ball in Chicago. I know I said that, <laughs> but trust me, David Montgomery. And I was like, give me the next name down on the list. And they said Rashad Penny. And I said, okay, so we're talking about David Montgomery. <laughs> David Montgomery is fifty nine hundred. Again, Minnesota gives up points. I smell a stack here but it's not going to be the traditional quarterback wide receiver stack. I think I might use Montgomery and Fields in a bunch of lineups outside of that. And if I do that, I'm saving enough enough money to probably use Jonathan Taylor and Taylor's nine grand. He's not making the value line folks. There is no universe in which he is making the the value line at nine grand. Yes. No, not going to happen. He needs to make 27 points. I mean, yeah, theoretically it could happen, but it probably won't happen. If I'm including Thursdays, <clears throat> I'm absolutely looking at Hilaire. He's at 6,000, and I think he could go nuts against the Chargers, but I've said that before. So who do you like? I feel like this is the week that you're going to have to spend up on running back. Yeah, agreed. I mean, 
you know, I'm not against using Montgomery because he is on the cheaper side, but I'm not going to use Rashad Penny against the Rams. It's not absolutely gonna, not not going to happen. John Taylor, we you like we mentioned we could use him, but at nine thousand, is he worth using, especially against the Patriots? Probably nope. not. You know why he's not? Because Joe Mixon is sitting there at 7,200. Joe Mixon at 7,200. Even if you're looking at, like, Cordell Patterson is 6,900 against San Francisco. I would look at that, too. And then there's Fournette. I mean, well, Fournette's more expensive. He's at 76. Does everybody but... remember when we were we were being told by our, our dear friend and contributor, The Cinch, that Mike Davis was the go-to <laughs> back in Atlanta? I did. I remember that. I drafted him, then I cut him. <laughs> I, it doesn't make a difference what Cinch is giving me an opinion on for the rest of all time. My answer is going to be Mike Davis. Have you tried these Buffalo wings? You should order these Buffalo wings, Mike Davis. It, it, we all make mistakes. I'm not killing for that. It happens. We spent weeks hearing about the, the gospel of Mike Davis from Cinch. Like to the point where I thought Davis had actually paid Cinch to endorse him. <laughs> It was he was that persistent that Mike Davis was going to outdo expectations. Wasn't true. So, all right, moving on the wide receivers. I said, I said, listen, if we're spending up at running back and we're trying to be bargain at quarterback, I need a decent wide receiver. And the metric said, don't worry, we've got the perfect candidate. And I'm like, all right, talk to me. And the metric said, Nico Collins. At this point, I threw my computer out the window. <laughs> this is the second time in three weeks the metric has told me to use Nico Collins. The one time he didn't tell me to use Nico Collins, Nico Collins was good. The last time he told me to use Nico Collins, Nico Collins posted exactly 0.0 points. So I am not touching Nico Collins. Where I'm going to go is Gabriel Davis of Buffalo because Diggs hasn't practiced, and there's a possibility that Davis sees an increased role and he's only 3,700. And if I do that, I can use Devontae Adams at 8,900, or I can stay super value and try to use Donovan Peoples-Jones at 4,300. Who do you like? So let's see here. So if I have the money, I think I would definitely take Devontae Adams if I have it left over. It's, all about, it's all about what you got. Right, and then... It, if I'm if I want to save money because of what's going on in Miami with no running backs, Devontae Parker at forty three hundred does not Ooh. sound bad. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's coming together in my head. <laughs> I see a Tua Devontae Parker stack with David Montgomery and Jonathan Taylor. No, we don't want to use Jonathan Taylor. The, the, the Patriots are gonna shut him down. I see the stack. It's gonna be David Montgomery and maybe Hilaire or Mixon. Hmm. I'm liking where this is going, Craig. Crazy enough to work. And then also a player that I only know, I do have him on one of my teams. He's been one of the most consistent receivers all year is Deontay Johnson, but he is 7,500. I really want to believe in Justin Jefferson, but after what he posted on Twitter yesterday, I'm kind of like. (laughs) And he he yells at Kirk a lot. Well, don't we all though? That's true. I mean, I'm not going to blame. I him can't for blame that. him for that. That's right. That just makes him an ordinary guy. <laughs> last week, what he called like the entire media clowns because Odell Beckham Jr. caught two touchdowns and was like, maybe it wasn't Odell, you clowns. And I was like, the dude played his way out of two teams. 
The dude screamed at a Hall of Fame quarterback and then kicked a kicking net. And he made up for it by proposing to the net the next week. The dude might be a little bit of a cuckoo nut job. <laughs> Possibly. I, I, <laughs> so what you're telling me is that this week, if Nico Collins catches two touchdowns, I should stand from the rooftops and scream about how great he is, even though he posted a zero two weeks ago when I, when I endorsed him. That's what you're telling me. Recency bias like. is all that matters. All that it... matters to Justin Jefferson <laughs> is what happened last week. What have you done for me lately is really what That's it, it comes down to. It doesn't matter that the last like 75 weeks leading up to this, Odell Beckham Jr. has been at best a distraction and at worst a locker room cancer. None of that matters <laughs> as nope. long as he catches two touchdowns in a game where Arizona looked absolutely inept on defense. They did. Inept. They did not look good. Inept. That's the only word I can use. So I'm sorry. I, I don't know. And you know what? I shouldn't let it affect my opinion of Justin Jefferson, but I totally have. <laughs> I totally have. Tight ends. Pick one. <laughs> the metric says David and Joku. I say, I say, I just ran downstairs, picked up my computer off of the ground, ran upstairs, <laughs> and threw it back out the window. <laughs> David, and seriously, that's where we are in terms of trying to find value. There are no value quarterbacks on my list. Over the the high, the most expensive one is Ricky Seals Jones at thirty four hundred. Remember him? <laughs> I don't think he remembers him. <laughs> Who the hell is Nick Vant? Vanette? <laughs> Nick Vanette. Oh yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. He's New Orleans' answer to a question no one asked. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'll pull up his stats right now. Nick Vanette, he saw like one game. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. He had no targets in week 10. In week 11, he had one target for 20 yards. Uh, Buffalo in week 12, one target, one catch, 11 yards. Then he went off. He had four targets. Ooh. Resulting in three catches for Ooh. 16, I'm sorry, 48 yards. Okay. And right. last week at the Jets... Three catches on six targets for 44 yards. Okay. Well, his target shares up. Yeah, but he's caught six of his last 10 passes, and he's a tight end. You only throw to the tight end when they're wide open. Unless the Normally. name is Kelsey or Andrews, you only throw to them when they're wide open. But since Taysom Hill's been the starter, his role has increased, so people are on it. Not at 3,000. Not at 3,000. I'd rather use Njoku at 2,900. At least I know they're going to throw the ball at him and he's going to drop it. <laughs> Honestly, the, the one I'm looking at this week, this is going to sound stupid. Evan Engram is down to 3,100 because he's been so bad this year. But Giants Dallas, Engram could see a significant share of targets, particularly with Tony and Ross likely out due to COVID. Ooh, I like that. Hmm. That's would, where I'm going. Would we be able to afford him in our lineup? Oh, at 3,100? I'd be shocked if we couldn't. We'll mm. use Nico Collins. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Who's your receiving court? Devontae Adams and Nico Collins. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Who are your running backs? Well, it's uh, it's Joe Mixon and it's, uh, oh God, it's, just, uh, it's Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, and uh, maybe Rashad Penny at Flex. I don't know. I think we could, we could probably pull it off. So... 
All right, def- defenses. Or wait, who do you like at tight end? Is there anybody that jumps um, out to you? I didn't even get no, a chance. I, I completely honestly, no one was really jumping out of me until you just brought up Evan Ingram because that makes a lot of sense. For it's, me. But even still, I haven't pl- I haven't pegged for seven points. But I feel like that's his his floor is like five and his ceiling is fifteen. So I'm estimating him closer to his floor, but I've got him for three and thirty one. If he catches a touchdown, if one of those is a touchdown, Dallas needs this game. I think it's I think crazy the Giants divisional games this week. <laughs> the problem is the Giants are so bad on offense. They fired their coordinator and got worse. Uh they, yeah, I noticed that myself. <laughs> when you fire a coordinator, you cannot be worse the next week at that position. You cannot. No. Because you, all you it need to does be at least the say, same. <laughs> Yes, all it says is that the coach, you, the head coach, scapegoated him. Yep. And and you scapegoated a guy with head coaching experience who had success in offenses in other places. You can't do it. And they did it, and now it backfired on him, and now they look completely lost. <clears throat> they do. Sorry. I don't Sorry, think I, I don't think Joe Judge is going to be there long. I think he's got another year. I think he's got one more year, but I don't think it they don't I don't think it matters to ownership if Saquon Barkley only plays one game next year. He needs to make the playoffs. You are not in a hard division. You are not Denver or the Raiders where you're looking up and saying, Wow, the Chargers and Chiefs are pretty good. You are not Seattle where you're looking up and going, Wow, the Rams and Cardinals are really good. You are in the NFC East. Washington went to the playoffs last year at seven and nine. Yes. And they almost won. <laughs> you can't post a 500 record in the worst division in football. You don't deserve to be that. And I had high hopes for Joe judge. I really did. I haven't seen anything to, to tell me that, that it's legit defenses. Um, honestly, I'm probably going to look at Cleveland because Cleveland's only 3000. And they're playing Vegas, and while Vegas is throwing, there's rumors. If Mari- if Mariota starts, I'm starting Cleveland. No, if, that's fair. If Mariota doesn't, if Mariota doesn't start, I'm probably spending up the extra hundred bucks, and I'm starting the Bills. Those at are the exact, Those are the exact two I was looking at myself. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I won't. Uh, Tampa's on my list, but I think that you know New Orleans is is crafty. You never know if they're going to give up a lot of points. I think that game's going to end up being a shootout. Packers at Baltimore, great, but they're thirty three hundred. I'd rather take. I have Buffalo and Cleveland with more points than the Packers, and they're cheaper. So that's what I'm going to go with there. Craig, we're out of time. Final thoughts. Final Week thoughts. 15. Oh, my God. We are out of time. Damn. Yeah, I wasn't we've been on for like, almost an hour already. My God, that's I can't believe crazy. it. Um, wow, I was not prepared. I'll be honest. So really, I'm just, I mean, I know that I sound like a broken record because I do say this a lot, but, you know, everything is coming back up with COVID, especially if you're following the NFL. There's proof that it is if you need it. Yeah. Um, so you know what? Just take precautions, even if you're vaccinated. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> and and my final thought will be, and I again, I'm going to risk sounding like a broken record because I say this every year around this time. Two things you need to remember. The, NF, the fantasy football playoffs are upon us. If you didn't make the playoffs, now is a great time to try DFS if you haven't done it before. Now is a great time to say, hey, Friend Craig, I hear you play on DraftKings. Do you have a referral code so I can turn my $10 into like $37.50 and play like half my points for free? Yes, he does. But exactly. also bet with your head. 
The other half of this is I know a fair few players who put $500 into like a DraftKings account and looking down at the bankroll that's down to like 200 and they're like, holy crap, I got to play quintuple ups. I'm going to put $150 <laughs> in this quintuple up. Don't overbet. No, bet within your, within your means. Don't overbet. Stay on your budget. Stay on your budget. So if you're new, now's a great time to try. If you're old, stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. The other thing you should stay on target with is leaving us a review. Wherever you listen to us, whatever podcast directory, they have a little thing they call the review button. We would love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear from you directly. You can reach out to us by emailing us at thefignutsdfs at gmail.com. The Fignuts. No, that's not wrong. Just fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at fignutsdfs. We're also available on Facebook, The Football Fignuts Podcast. We'd love to hear from you guys. Write to us. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you hate. And if you leave us a review, leave us a comment. I, yes. I still I still smart over that one review. It was like one star and it went, oh, <laughs> did you just have gas? I mean, what happened there? Be constructive. <laughs> yeah. Tell us these guys. I don't like the way they talk about beer. OK, we'd like to hear those kinds of things, even if they're not so positive. But oh, it doesn't tell me anything other than you may have just passed a stone. <laughs> so we will be back next week. Next week, week 16. Holy crap. If you're in the fantasy playoffs, congratulations. If you're not, go play <clears> DFS. <throat> Either way, there's something for everybody out there. But we'll be back next week. Christmas is fast approaching. I'm not yeah, ready. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Crazy next week is the last time. week before Christmas. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. We'll be back next week. I, I, I just, just depressed myself even further by just <laughs> thinking about how much I have to go do for Christmas. But we'll be back next week. We appreciate everybody who listened in. Please leave us a review. Until then, please be safe out there. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. We are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Mm-hmm.